Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnick. Each episode, we start with a question and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, when do I get my way? So this is a thing that comes up um, in any kind of collaborative work environment that Sometimes we talk until we all agree this is the best way forward. That's a thing that can happen. Um, and some of the time, we don't really agree about what's the best way forward. We just find one that we can all get behind enough to, to function and, and work toward our goal, whatever that is, and that's fine. But often in those dynamics, somebody doesn't really get their way. And one thing that I see in consensus-based groups is that there are certain personalities that tend to push and get their way pretty reliably and certain personalities that don't. And often a culture develops around, well, the, you know, the nice thing or a good consensus practice is if I give in and let others have their way so that we can move forward and that's me being a good positive, skilled consensus person. And then I get to complain at people who don't do that because they stand up for what they want. Because if they were good consensus, you know, they would give in, which of course ends up being something closer to majority rule because, or majority vote, um, because in those cases, usually the way it plays out is that, you know, if most people want a thing, other people just fall in line. And what I wanted to explore here today is when is it appropriate to actually hold your ground? And, and the hint is it's not about whether you happen to be a strong-willed person or not. <laughs> there, there are other criteria that are better to use for when do I persist in saying, I really think we should do it this way. I think that uh, one clue is that when you notice you're setting yourself up to complain, uh, because this is absolutely a thing that happens um, in in re the recognition of the pattern, right? Like any individual decision, it's usually not a big deal. Where, but the problem that I see, you know, when we do tend to have a more consensus-based decision-making process, or you know, we're we're even when we don't have an explicit decision-making process, but we're told the team needs to decide, um, and then it's vague exactly what that means. You know, over time, we start to notice this pattern of, well, we always seem to go with the idea that this person came up with or the one that this person throws their weight behind or these people throw their weight behind. And it's that pattern, I think, that tends to build up resentment um, and uh, because it sort of points to the fact that we're not actually making decisions the way that we say that we are. Um, and so we, we might think uh, going into those spaces that this idea that everybody's uh, voice gets heard, right? That, we, oh, that all voices are heard, that everyone's needs are, are uh, respected and, and taken into account, is at odds with our experience of what's actually happening. And I think that that feeling of resentment or that feeling of, I'm gonna say yes to this and then I'm gonna go complain, is a sign that we shouldn't just say yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's an excellent sort of, yeah, what are the cues that maybe this is not going the way it ought to? Um, and I think another one is the one I alluded to, which is, is the only reason I'm saying yes, because I'm outvoted. Mm -hmm. 
is that my primary decision-making point? Because the, one of the really important reasons to adopt a consensus process is because we believe that the minority opinion sometimes is the thing that would be best for the group. If we don't believe that, if we think that if most people want it, that must be the best thing for the group, then we shouldn't put ourselves through the pain of trying to make consensus decisions. We should just have a voting process. Um, I actually do believe that very often a minority view um, needs to be considered, and, and maybe it's not by itself the right thing, but that if we have disagreement in the room, odds are there is a better path yet to be found that we would miss if we just took a vote, and that's why we do it. But I do think there's a, a thing to really think about, and it's a discipline to learn about when is it useful to the group for me to hold my own here? Um, and when do I need to notice the rigidity within myself and take in other people's viewpoints and, and possibly even say, you know, if everybody else in the room really thinks that's better and I'm not seeing, you know, and I've been really heard, then maybe I should think about that. So I guess that's sort of the thing I want to go to is how do I know that this is a time to let go? How do I know that this is a time to persist might be the mm -hmm. way to say it. Mm -hmm. And I come back to the idea we've talked about before of willingness, right? That am I, am I willing to, to go with this decision and, and truly embrace it, right? It's not a begrudgingly, it's not a, uh, it's not a, I'll say yes and then resent it, right? Willingness really is, this isn't what I would choose and I can embrace it. Uh, and I think that part of that is connected to something you, you said in there, which is that, do I think that I've actually been heard? That my perspective, that my needs, that the thing that I'm holding on to, has that actually been considered by the group? Um, because I think that's often when we do need to, to to persevere, right? To say, you know, I think that what I'm saying hasn't been heard, that this hasn't landed. I at least need some acknowledgement of the fact that uh, this isn't, you know, that we're not going to do the thing that I would prefer. Um, I, I think that when we have a sense that we haven't been heard by the group is absolutely a place where it makes sense to say, hold on, let's slow down. Um, I think the other piece about it, this is where the, the pattern and the recurring thing comes up for me, um, is that it, it can be useful to think about, uh, am I going to, am I going to, you know, um, stand in the way of this decision for long enough that I can bring up the, the larger issue? Because there's the, um, what we're kind of, I think oftentimes the, where the resentment builds up and the complaining is going to come from is that feeling that this happens again and again and again. And it can be really useful to say, I, I might actually be okay to go along with this particular decision, but first I want an acknowledgement of the dynamic that keeps happening over and over and over again. Because I think oftentimes when we're on the the, the the losing side or the receiving end, however you want to, you know, when we're on that side of the pattern, we become very aware of it. And it's distinctly possible no one else even notices that we're always the one saying, oh, okay, fine. 
Um, and I think, uh, I think it's useful, um, regardless of the content of the decision, if you're starting to feel that, I think it's useful to, 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 to hold your ground until you at least get an acknowledgement of both of those things and an acknowledgement that that isn't what the group wants in the long term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I often say that what I find is that people can almost always tolerate not getting their way if they feel like they have been very well heard. And I would add the word validated. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes this misnomer that um, we, we have heard you because we sat here quietly while you talked. And, and that actually is not the same thing. And so what, because in fact, I can sit here quietly while people talk and not hear them at all. Anyone who's been through the public school system in this country has probably gotten really good at that. <laughs> we, we actually train kids in that in our system. Um, so, so that assumption that, well, we've given you plenty of time to talk is, is not enough. Um, mm -hmm. So it is, have we engaged and have we um, acknowledged and respected that although we disagree with it, we're not dismissing you. We're not thinking, oh yeah, that's just Paul being his crazy person again and we don't have to listen to him, right? Like that, that we've actually really engaged with it, seriously considered it, possibly even made some sort of shift around mm -hmm. it, that kind of thing. Um, so I think, yes, if you've, if you've been heard, if it's clear that people understand your perspective. And, and I think a way to say that would be for them to say, okay, we, we understand that there is a real risk that this thing that you're worried about could happen. We know that could happen. For us, it's worth taking this risk. Mm -hmm. Then you might be at a point where you're like, okay, I've been really heard mm -hmm. and I'm landing in my own values in a different place or my own risk tolerance or mm -hmm. whatever it is in a different place than others in the group. And that may be a time that you sort of go with where the majority is because it's about a risk tolerance, which isn't a finite, I mean, this isn't an on-off switch, right? This, mm -hmm. is, this is a spectrum where we land in different places. So, um, so I think that's true. I think another thing to look for in answering this question is to look internally for rigidity. Am I just dug in? And I think as you were saying about the pattern thing, when you see it as a pattern, you can get dug in. Um, I actually knew of a group where someone said, I'm going to oppose anything you propose ever again, because, you know, this horrible thing happened between us. And, you know, very often hear it said that blatantly, and you kind of hope they didn't mean it. But I do think we get there. I, I think there can be an internal rigidity, either to this person, you know, Paul has done this to me so many times that anytime he speaks, I just oppose. Or Paul's been perfectly appropriate, but he really reminds me of my father who shut me down constantly through my childhood in some mannerism, and I'm just getting resistant. So getting curious about, am I stuck? Is there something about this that I'm not hearing? Um, and that might be a time to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not fully engaged. I'm triggered in some way. My emotions are up. There's something getting in the way of me being fully present and acknowledging and hearing others, that might be a time to say, eh, this isn't the one I want to stick stick on. Or it may be a, to do what you were suggesting of saying, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm pretty triggered by this. I think it's because we've been down this road before. I think it, it can be really useful to sort of take a step back and say, what are, what are the things that I'm bringing this that are contributing to me not getting 
what I'm hoping for, right? Not getting what I want. How am I getting my own way in my own way of getting my way? Um, and noticing what are the things. Part of that is the, you know, is the uh, latching onto the pattern. Part of that can be the projection stuff, like wh whatever that is that can be inside your head. And then that comes out sideways when you actually try to do something, which I think actually points to a, a thing that I would have mentioned because we're, we're skirting dangerously close to the, uh, you know, just give up on getting your own way uh, and go with the group, which is the thing we go want to go the opposite direction. Um, I think when we recognize we are at that point where we have to take a stand for whatever this thing is, um, being able to do that as calmly and as sort of evenly and as possible is, I think, a thing that is really useful, right? So recognizing, yeah, I'm probably triggered by this thing because of this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. But the content of this decision really matters to me. I, I seriously believe that this is a mistake that if we, it, because it can be that I am the one person in the group who, who notices this thing. I, it, that's the thing is that like when we're in groups and we've got the one person who won't let the thing go, we have to admit that sometimes they may be right. Um, and if you are really are feeling like you're in that place, being able to, to calm yourself and, and come to that in as grounded a way as you can, can be really useful. Um, becoming the immovable object in a way that other people can still engage with it is, is really useful. Not in this sort of frantic, angry, resentful, complainy way of you never listen to me, right? But being able to stand firmly in that place of these are the things that I've seen. This is what I know. Here is why I am not comfortable with this and I why I I, I have to veto this decision at this point. I'm willing to talk about these things, and here I stand. Being able to do it in that way, I think, is one of the most valuable things that we can do to help ourselves in terms of helping us not be so separate from the group, because often it's that emotional agitation that is the thing that's the barrier to collaboration. I think that's true. And I'll add another nuance to what you're saying, which is, I'm going to put in the word mission here, and you can interpret that as goals, objectives, profitability, whatever is the word that makes sense. But, it, but one of the things to think about is the mission of the group, or even the contract of the group, like what have we said is the reason that we come together and exist? What is the thing we're trying to accomplish? And do my objections relate to that? Mm -hmm. as opposed to, I may have an objection that's a completely legitimate, like this is going to have a bad impact on me. And I don't want it to have a bad impact on me because, because I'm me, right? But if I'm asking for, you know, if the thing I want is in my personal interest, but isn't really part of the goal of the group. Now I want to keep in mind that very often the goals of the group include some personal interests. And I believe we did an episode on that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that balance of individual needs and group needs, but there certainly could be cases where, you know, the thing that I want is really outside the scope of what we've said we're going to do for each other. And, and it may scare me that this isn't going to go that way, or even that it may be telling me, you know, this group isn't the group I really need. And, I don't want to lose this group, but actually I, you know, I need to, you know, they're going a different way and that's appropriate for what's the agreed mission. And I'm finding it doesn't work for me. Like 
all of that can be in the mix. But as you say, if having done that kind of filter of what is the group's mission, and I am concerned that we're missing the group's mission, either because I see some future ramification or something that really is whole group, or because I'm seeing an impact on some number of individuals, including me, <laughs> that, that does you know, imply that it won't work, even if it's as simple as, you know, if, if you raise the dues, if you double the dues, I can't afford it anymore. And I think a couple other people can't and keeping the group together actually is really important to our goals. Like it could be as simple as that. Like I can't afford it. It's very unique to me even, but this is the impact it will have. And I think that's not good for the group. So there's a lot of nuance there, but thinking about, is it within the scope of the group mission? whether or not it's an individual need. Does it fit with the group and getting honest about that? And then to your point about if we're trying to be less emotional, a place to go is to connect with the group's vision, the group's intentions, the group's mission, so that we're not caught in the winner-loser kind of dynamic that we sometimes get to. But in the, I, I'm really not comfortable that the group is gonna do well with this and hold my ground. And of course, because it wouldn't be an episode without bringing this word in, I think this is also where curiosity is really useful. Because when, and because we've been talking sort of a lot about, you know, advocating for positions or making statements around, this is what I see, this is what I notice, here's what I think, here's how I blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that that's also a spot from which it can be very useful to inquire about what are other people's senses of this? Going back to your example of dues, like, uh, you know, hey, if we raise the dues, I know that that's going to have a financial impact on me. I'm curious, does would that have a financial impact? Am I the only one um, that would be impacted by this? Or um, do people have ideas how we might offset that impact? Or does this impact not matter to people? Like. Uh, when you bring a thing to the group that is, you know, when you, you're asking for your way, I think it is very useful to ask, how does that land with other people? What's their understanding of it? Um, and that's also going back to something we talked about before. That's a way you can know that they hear you, right? Actually asking about what's your sense of this thing that I've brought uh, and, and how, you know, what are you noticing that I'm noticing? Because it's about accepting that, you know, our, our view is necessarily limited and partial, right? We don't see everything, but we may be noticing things that other people have never noticed before. And by bringing that to the group, we can sort of, we get the more combined vision of everybody being able to look at, at things we, we didn't notice before and make better decisions. And so I think if we have not yet done that, if we've not yet brought that perspective to the group that we notice it's missing, that's another time when it's really, really useful to, to sort of hold on until we know that that's really been processed and understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's super important. And, and I feel like it's easy for us to talk about kind of, well, when you should go with the group and when you shouldn't. And one of the things I wanna make sure we name is, it is hard for, well, it is hard for some people to let go of their rigidity and go along with what actually is best for the group mission, even though it's not best for me, that's hard for some people. For other th people, it's really hard to stand up for themselves and say, mm -hmm. I don't think you're hearing this yet. I am not comfortable with this decision. I don't think it's good for the group and, and to speak that clearly. And so I wanna just point to 
the importance of getting outside of comfort on this one. Mm -hmm. and, and probably everything we talk about that probably every episode, but but that the, the the things that are miscues. Am I in a minority? That doesn't tell you whether to stand up for your way on this one. Am I comfortable? Doesn't tell you whether you're in a good place. You know, would I be comfortable standing up or comfortable stepping aside? That's not going to be a good cue. Um, but but things that are, and and I think I'm moving into summary here. But I think that things that are really good cues are, um, are we on mission? You know, wh where are we relative to the mission of the group? What um, what might be going on in me that is resistance? Um, and has everybody been heard? And in particular, have I been heard and really understood? And, and so there is a point at which to say, okay, I've been really heard. I think it would be worse for the group to do this than if they didn't do it, but it's not gonna be a disaster. We're not gonna make everything go bankrupt. It may be a time that this is the time to let go. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig, and this has been Employing Differences. Thank you.